We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Are you a broken vessel, weighted down with discouragement, illness, or perhaps a disability? Well, take heart. Whatever your burden may be, God offers treasures that will transform your life. Hello, dear listeners. You're listening to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. And here are your hosts, Paul and Tabitha Norris. Our special guest today is a remarkable lady, Becky Vaughn. Becky was just two years old when her life was changed in an instant. A house fire left her severely burned. Although her injuries were life-threatening and required numerous operations to repair the damage to her body, she finds strength and fulfillment in Christ to accomplish what many would deem too difficult. Becky, we're absolutely elated about having you on the show today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Becky, I first had the pleasure of meeting you back in our college days at Bob Jones University, and I wish our listeners could see what I've seen in your life, that in spite of the enormous physical hardships you've had to endure, you've constantly had a beautiful, joyful smile, and you're leading a life that is spiritually victorious. You've won the love and admiration of a lot of people, and that includes us. So we're just really excited about having this time with you today. Thanks so much. Uh, Tabitha and I were recently reading your parents' book, More Precious Than Gold. It's a book we'd recommend to anyone going through trying times. We appreciate the reminder that God gives beauty for ashes. And we want to congratulate you on your new accomplishment, your your own book, No Greater Love. Thank you very much. We, we want to um, hear your story in person, because it's one thing to read the book, but it's quite another to hear it straight from you. And we realize there are quite a few listeners today who haven't heard your story yet. So would you take us back to that day of the house fire and just tell us how God's story for your life began? Yes, I'd be glad to. Um, My story actually began um, even before I was born. Um, My dad was in the Air Force, and he was overseas and was saved overseas. And my mom was saved as a child, but she was not living for the Lord when they were married. And my dad was saved through um, a man who became his friend, and they are still friends to this day. And when my dad was saved, he and my mom began praying uh, for the Lord's will for their life. I had an older sister and an older brother, and the Lord began to work in my parents' heart without having more children, and the child was me. And my dad was a young preacher of a small, struggling church, faith office church, that was, at the time, was located in a small mill village. When I was two years old, uh, my mother and I had just severely burned in a house fire. Somehow, I managed to reach up onto a very high shelf and reach a gas can that was there. My dad um, had was a student at Belgium University preparing for the ministry, and he was 
had a job uh, mowing lawns, and also um, while he was pastoring, and he put the gas can up on the shelf, and he was out, he was out visiting some of our church members. But somehow, I was a very serious two-year-old, and I managed to reach up and reach the gas can and open the very tight lid, and the gas can, the liquid from the gas can spilled underneath the stove when my mom was baking a cake. And the fumes from the gas can and the fumes from the stove ignited and caused an explosion. My mom picked me up and we both set out of the house. A neighbor saw what was happening and took me from my mom. And my older brother and sister were in the back of the house and they managed to escape out of the house unharmed. Two different families took my mom and I to two different hospitals. And there was a Christian nurse from Brockton's University in my mom's ambulance. And she asked my mom if she could play with her. And this was such a blessing to my mom. And many years later, my mom was able to meet that nurse again at a doctor's appointment. Many times over the next several months of my life, the doctors and nurses were amazed that I had survived my extensive injuries. Mm -hmm. It was indeed a miracle that I had survived. I was unconscious for many, many months. So when I regained consciousness, I had to relearn how to walk and how to talk. But the greatest miracle of my life occurred when I was six years old. My father was a young pastor and on Father's Day in 1982, I walked my walker down the aisle at my church and told him I wanted to be saved. Mm-hmm. He helped me to better understand what that meant. That even though I had suffered physically and been through the fire, that was not enough to save my soul. I still had to trust what Christ had done for me on the cross to save me from my sins. My mom had developed hepatitis C as a result of a bad blood transfusion after the fire. She suffered those health complications the rest of her life, and the Lord took her home to heaven on September the 2nd, 2013. Wow. After the fire, do you, do you recall some of the memories um, that you had, and did you ever struggle with frustration of your limitations? And if so, how did you overcome those? Um, I am very thankful that I don't have early memories. Um, my earliest memory is probably when I was four years old. Um, there was a, some dear ladies in my life at that time. One of them worked for my dad as a secretary for our church, state of the church. I called them Aunt Kathy and Aunt Rita. And I would often go to Aunt Kathy's and Aunt Rita's apartment and my younger brother, who's four years younger than me, he was born just two years after the fire. So while my mom was still recovering from her injuries from the fire, she also had a baby to take care of. So Aunt Kathy and Aunt Rita would take me to their house, and they taught me how to walk again. And they got me in the middle of the floor and had me stand up all on my own and mm-hmm. walk. Um so I remember that. I remember being in the hospital um, as a four- and five-year-old 
Um, yes, I struggled with frustration over people staring and other men in the patient. Um, shortly after I was saved, I asked my dad if we could write a gospel card. Um, I had mentioned it um, just in passing and asked him what we could do about people that stared at me. So I told him I didn't like that. And he said that he didn't like it either. So several months went by, and I had a habit of, still to just say, I have a habit of um, thinking out loud. Like, because I know what I'm thinking, but I assume that others do as well. So I told my dad, can you do that thing? And he said, well, that thing. And I was referring to what we had talked about several months before. And I said, well, write the gospel talk. And so he said, well, sure you can. So we did the gospel talk about how the Lord spared my life and also about um, another big event, which is coming. <laughs> but the track is called Hidden Treasure, which I was saying more about that in a minute. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, you know, John fifteen thirteen. it says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And I think of your family a lot when I read that verse. Just that your mother really exemplified the heart of our Savior when she jumped in to save you. How can we as believers lay down our lives? In other, in other words, what are some practical ways that we can demonstrate love to other people, that kind of love? Just giving of ourselves to meet needs, um, giving of our time, um, just acts of kindness, whether big or small acts, um, and just helping others to carry their, own, to carry their burdens. Revelation 16 tells us, bring you one another's burdens and still fulfill the law of Christ. Um, it might sometimes might be a hardship to sacrifice financially, but we all have, we might have some time that we could give to somebody who's their needs to help them with something that they're struggling with or that they maybe can't do themselves. It's hmm. good advice. As we uh, mentioned at the top of the show, you recently wrote a book, which was a sequel to your parents' book called No Greater Love. Uh, we just started reading it, and we love the way you're able to so beautifully point to Christ through all the trials that you've been through. Uh, what is the primary theme that you hope and pray the readers will take to heart? Uh, that how amazing it was that a mother, one mother human mother would give her life to save one human child. But how much more amazing is it that the Son of God sacrificed Jesus, his only Son, to save all of us, to rescue all of us, so that we might have eternal life. So you've also been on some missions trips. Can you give yeah. us... Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us an example from from the mission field of how the Lord was able to use your disability in a unique way to bring honor to himself? 
Well, the, first, the Lord first gave me a heart permission on my first mission trip to Zambia, Africa in 2004. Our family has some dear friends who are, were missionaries in Zambia and Kenya, Africa, and my friend invited me to go to her home, which was in Zambia at the time, for six weeks. And I traveled with a team of nurses from Boston's University. And wheelchairs are very rare in Africa, and so are white people. Right, right. So, um, my friend Joy's father, Terry Washer, is also in a wheelchair. So, the wheelchair kind of gave an opportunity right there to share the gospel because people were curious. Um, and I got to visit a cerebral palsy clinic hmm. there. Um, and really everywhere. Everywhere they go on the mission field, I have opportunities to talk about Jesus because people are curious and they want to know um, about me and about how I have joy in my life and just where that joy comes from. And they're, they're very curious what asked what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in London on my second mission trip to Zambia, my dad and I passed through London, and I was able to give my testimony in a church there. And there was a lady there that had brought her friend who was a Sikh. And that's a type of religion. And my dad and I were giving our testimony, and she came up to us afterwards and said that, that was the first explanation of suffering that she'd ever heard that made any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... About four years ago, my dad and I traveled to Mexico. We had missionary friends there in Hermosillo. And there had been a fire in the daycare um, in 2009. And many children perished in the fire. And my dad and I were able to give the gospel to these families and just encourage them Um and that is probably my most favorite mission trip. It's the most meaningful um, for me. And we met a couple named Carlos and Cindy, and their son Carlitos and their daughter Amelia. And Carlos and Cindy's daughter had died in the fire. Mm-hmm. And we told them about Hidden Treasure Christian School, and they later came to visit the school and with a vision of starting a special needs program in their Christian school there in Amasio. Wow. That's uh, pretty amazing what the Lord has uh, used you across the world to kind of share share the message that he has. And on top of that, as you just mentioned, you're involved with the Hidden Treasures Christian School. Can you tell us more about that and your work there? Yeah. Um my dad started Hidden Treasure Christian School in 1982 when I was five years old. We had a dear friend. Um, his name was Bill Mayer. Our family called him Uncle Bill. And he was born with Teresa Palsy. And we knew him, we were mutual friends. 
And he had a special needs school in Florida. And he encouraged my dad to start his attending Christian school because my dad was talking to him one day about what was that he's going to do for school. And so Uncle Bill said, well, you, you started. This, this is your God gave you the start and so he wants you to do something. So my dad started attending Christian school when I was five years old because he didn't want me in the public school system where I would not learn about God and what other people make fun of me. He wanted me in a Christian environment where I would learn about God, where I would learn the truth of Second Corinthians 4 7, that we have this treasure in open vessels, that the essence of the power to be of God and not of us. And my dad developed this principle based on the story, Second Corinthians 4 7, but also based on when I was a little girl, before I started school, my older sister was playing the piano. And I was nearby, sitting on the couch, reading a book. And I was trying to turn the pages of the book, and I had less use and function of my hands than I do now, because I've had many reconstructive surgeries since then. So it was very difficult to turn the page, and it took me several minutes. And I stopped what I was doing, and my mom was nearby, and I asked my mom, if when I got bigger, if I would have hands like Debbie. And my mom told me that God had given me the hands that he gave me to do my job for God in life. And he gave Debbie the hands that she had to do her job for God in life. Mm-hmm. And my dad overheard this. And that's where he got to hidden the principle that we all have everything we need to do God's will for our lives. I graduated from Southern Casual Christian School in 1994. Currently, I'm a teacher's aide there for an elementary level class. And I help with reading, vocabulary, and grammar. That is great. You know, Becky, life for everybody is full of challenges. But sometimes I think for those of us with disabilities, you know, you and I are wheelchair users. So we have added challenges in life, things that um, maybe ordinary people take for granted. It's extraordinarily difficult for us. It can be exhausting, simple things. But you definitely haven't let your challenges slow you down. What motivates you to just keep pressing on for the Lord? Knowing that others are watching me and how I respond to my trials, to my circumstances. And I want to be a good example, and I want them to see this in me and in my attitude. I also want to leave a legacy for the next generation, particularly my own sisters and nephews. I want others to know that they can make it through hard times with God's strength and His grace. James 1, 2, 3, 4 has been an incredible encouragement to me. My brethren, help it all joy when we fall into diverse temptations or various trials, knowing this, that the trying of your faith will be patient. And also Romans 8.18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. These two verses are very encouraging and stabilizing to me. You know, that is a great reminder of what the Bible says about how we should have joy in hard times. 
Mm-hmm. Along those lines, how would you advise someone who is facing severe adversity to have joy and satisfaction in Christ? To reach out to someone who's struggling more than you are. Mm-hmm. No matter what problems we all have, there's always someone who has it harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and to remember the truth of Second Corinthians 12, 9, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. From him, that has been very special to me, especially since my mom passed away uh, almost six years ago now, uh, it will be worth it all. And the chorus for that beautiful song says, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. My trials will seem so small when we see Christ. And glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow and So bravely run the race till we see Christ. And another hymn that is precious to me, and is also precious to my mom, is Day by Day. It was written in 1865 by Lionel Sandal several years after she had witnessed the tragic drowning death of her father. So she had been through a great trial herself. Mm-hmm. The first verse reads, Day by day, and with each passing moment, strength I found to meet my trials here. Trusting in my father's life and stomach, I can cause the worry of the fear. His heart is kind beyond all measure, given to each day that he did his best. Lovingly, his heart of pain and pleasure, moving toil with peace and rest. Many times I've listened to these songs and regret to them. And praise them. And it's been a great and Well, Becky, thank you for being so transparent about the challenges you've been through and the fact that you've dedicated your life to serving others and honoring the Lord is a magnificent testimony to all of us. Our hearts have really been challenged today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in today to Broken Vessels, Hidden Treasures. It is our hope and prayer that you will find the grace and goodness of God even in trials. We'd love to hear from you, and your feedback is important to us. You can reach out to Paul and Tabitha with comments, questions, or to share an episode with a friend in need through our website at bvhtministries.org.